It's a miracle. And Ivy, and you are listening to Black, Broke and Brilliant. Coming up on today's episode, we'll be discussing what it's like to be Black on social media and the stress that comes with it. So let's get straight into it. we're back by popular demand with a third episode on social media we've previously covered the pros and cons and the dark side of social media but today we're going to be chatting about navigating all the socials as a black person and just some of the crap we have to deal with because lord knows it's not easy and i just think we have to start with the black lives matter movement because during the height of all of that this this summer i literally had to come off the socials for a hot minute because it was just too much and for so many reasons. Like firstly, people really think it's okay to show black people being mutilated on their story without even a trigger warning. Just to add shock value, people are like, well, it's what's going on in the world, so I have to show it. Fam, we already know what is going on. Black people have been knowing, so why should we have to stumble across it when we're just casually scrolling, trying to see what our friends are up to? It's just the fact that it's so uncalled for fam even on the news they don't show this kind of trauma and even if they show something remotely like even half that they at least give you a warning beforehand but like honestly it was just a horrific experience like each morning I woke up to more sad stories more examples of racism killing another black person and Like, I can sort of understand why people, particularly Black people, record these incidents because they need it as proof and because we as Black people are never seen as the victim, even when an injustice has been committed against us. But people, especially white people, don't need to be sharing that. Like, it's trauma. We get it. We know it happens. You don't need to then circulate those images. And it's what's led to like trauma porn like you wouldn't share a video of a white body being mutilated and shot on camera on your socials people wouldn't even share a dog being mistreated but somehow they're happy to share a black person being treated in the worst way possible and it's like we're just seen as some subhuman and just like not deserving of an ounce of respect it's almost like they're so desensitized to it because we're not seen as like on par with everyone else so they can share it whereas like you said even if it was a pet They'd be like, oh, my God, this is the most heartbreaking thing I could never. But when it's a black body, it's, it's calm for them. But for us, we're having to see that day in and day out. We already know it's going on. And then we have to open our apps and then also see it. And I, I do get to a certain extent the idea of like spreading awareness. I do get that. But it's also like you could just put a story before that saying trigger warning. The next video contains a black man being murdered on the street, in which case I could go, cool. I'm not going to watch that today. It just it just feels like it's such an insensitive way of trying to raise awareness. It's just it's just not the way to go about it. And it's also just so triggering to, to see anyone being killed, but to see people being killed continuously that look like you on your timeline, like that does something to you. It's so hard to deal with that. Like we are aware, we are aware. You don't need to raise the, re- we are very aware. Us as black people, we are aware. And you know what I find mad is that so many of those videos like didn't come with a trigger one. Like even on Instagram nowadays, if there if there is a picture with even like too much skin, it's got that sort of blank, blurry thing over the picture with an eye, and it's like you have to click it to see the image because Instagram have ruled it as like indecent or triggering. Yet during 
the whole of May, during the entire summer, during the height of Black Lives Matter movement, not once did I see one of those trigger warning, sensitive image, um, blurry things come up on a single video or picture, not a one. And that already showed you that technology doesn't respect black bodies. People in general do not respect black bodies. And the fact that so many people were just happy to share that, like looking at a black person and not seeing them as human or deserving of respect. Like you wouldn't film at a funeral, like you wouldn't film a dead person, but somehow it's okay to do that when it's a black person. And it's mad as well, because I think for some people in the world, especially white people, they need to see, they need to see that in order to feel moved. They can't just know that it's happening. So I guess for a lot of people, it's like, well, I have to share this because, oh my God, can you believe this is going on? It's like, we all know this is going on. We don't need to see the videos day in and day out to know that it's not okay. But for some people, they feel like they honestly have to witness a black death in order to care. And that's really so messed up. Like that is saying a lot about our society. Like, oh my goodness, can you believe that they would treat someone like, yes, I can because they do it every single day and it's in front of my face every single day in the macroaggressions, the microaggressions, all kinds of full-on aggressions like I'm aware but for you 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 fully have to see with your two eyes someone being murdered to be like oh my goodness racism exists that black people are dying what like it was honestly such such a testing time because I don't think I've ever I can't think of another time where I've literally been exposed to that much trauma it was just like day after day there was another one and another one and and another one and it was just a very testing time and I really had to start questioning some friendships at times like I was thinking back to times where I had been gaslit or inappropriate comments were made and they just went over my head like I might just have to relieve myself of some of these white friends like really and truly no, because the whole period was just a wild ride. But you're right, you did end up questioning friendships because going on social media and just seeing what influencers or random people were sharing was one thing, but seeing what your friends were sharing. And then there'd be some white friends who were kind of doing everything right and who were reading up and sharing everything and genuinely trying to help other people. And then there'd be, oh, there were just so many other types of people that, how did, I don't understand how they got it wrong so many times like them ones that would only post that black square hashtag black square gang and nothing else nothing else a black square nothing else and after 24 hours it's deleted because it messed up their aesthetic i know some people who weren't even bothered enough to to post a performative black square some white friends did nothing and i was pr i was like fully waiting i was like go ahead perform Post that performative black square. Give me, give me something to be like, yeah, no, this, this is, this is one worth holding on to. Give me something. Nothing. I was like, oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. But instead, you want to fight me and you want to argue. But okay, calm, cool. It was an interesting time. It just kind of went. It just kind of went from bad to worse because then there would be some friends, kind of like what we were saying, that are like, "Oh my God, can you believe? Can you believe what's going on in the world? It's just, it's so shocking. Like, it seems like everything's going so downhill. Can you believe it?" I'm like, "We've, we've, we've been knowing this whole time. This is not brand new information. Like, how? It's actually that's what it was. It was actually so depressing that so many of our friends were shocked by it because it's like you really had no idea what was going on in our lives this whole time. Yeah, and that's not to say that, like, if if you're not posting something on social, then then you're, you're doing like nothing behind closed doors to contribute. Cause I don't know, maybe you could be doing the most, but like I, as your friend, as a black person, I need to, I need to see that. 
I need to see that. I need to see your performative black square and also know that behind the scenes, you are donating money to, to black charities and black organizations. You are signing petitions. You are doing the most, you are reading the books. I wanna know you're doing all that, but like the silence, as we've been saying, like the silence is, says a lot. It's tone deafening, the silence. But it's, it is also just them ones who would pipe up to say, wow, I really can't believe that's what is going on in the world. Like how, I don't understand how people were shocked. I'm like, where have you been? Where have you actually been? Like, you you just you just stumbled across it. It's it's really and true. Like for some people, they just discovered racism in this 2020. They just discovered injustice towards black people in this 2020. They were like, oh my goodness, racism started this 2020 has been so mad. Like we've had the pandemic and now we have racism too. Like what? They really just stumbled upon it in May 2020. There were ones where they're like, this is brand new information. No, there were so many people who were like, this is actually exhausting. Protesting is it's exhausting. It's taking so much out of me having to post every day. It's a lot. I just need a break. You need a break from what the three weeks. Try try the lifetimes. Like, I don't understand how people have been living in this bubble where racism didn't exist. It's wild. The one, oh, the, pri- the privilege of it. The privilege of it. <laughs> racism exists? What? Never seen that. Never heard that. Never, <laughs> never tasted that. that. <laughs> really and truly, it's wild. You know which one got me the most was people wanting to play the devil's advocate. They are the worst by far. I nearly threw hands a good few times because some people are really just out here to ruffle feathers. Them ones that are like, well, Martin Luther King wasn't violent. He didn't loot. Okay, cool, but Martin Luther King was also assassinated. So what is your point? Like, we're mourning and we're also having to play debate, mate, because some Tom, Dick or Harry wants to weigh up all the pros and cons. Like, and they're always silent on the murders. But then they're so vocal when, when a building, when a target is being burnt, like that's when they pipe up. When there's property involved, these men want to scream. They want to scream the moment property gets involved. But when there's an actual human being dying, nah, that's not where the heat is. That's not, don't you dare burn down that target. You want to go for Walmart? Nah, you can't do that. Like, it, it actually astounds me how quick, how quick white people are to always want to start quoting MLK like they didn't kill him too. MLK, JFK, one of your own, you man still killed him. Like, what? All you man know is violence. Like, literally, all they know is violence. Your countries, empires, all built off of violence. Did you man not fight yourselves during the Civil War? Or is that just my bad memory? You were literally fighting yourselves. Did you man not literally riot and throw tea bags in the ocean during the Boston Tea Party? But when we wanna, when we wanna talk, peace. But when we do anything, you man want to talk peace and MLK, ah, oh, Martin Luther King wouldn't have done that. Martin Luther King, you lot are the biggest, the biggest like perpetrators of violence. And it's when we react, that's when they want to talk peace. But you're still out, you're not out here committing violent crimes against us. I don't hear you piping up then. But oh, it's when black people start reacting now because we've had enough. That's when you want to talk about, oh, Martin Luther King would have wanted, how do you know what Martin Luther King, shut up fam like you have to watch your people being killed and then you still have to go and convince the world that your life matters you have to go and watch your people die and then be like by the way we shouldn't be killed and then people go 
But people actually say, but what do you mean? People still, people want to argue that Black Lives Matter. I don't understand. I just don't understand it. Like, them, uh, it's just like, you're right. They'll pipe up when it's property, when it's their money. But when it's a Black body, that's a you problem. People want to say, but you don't know what he did to instigate the situation. But you don't know what happened before the recording started. But blue lives, blue lives ain't even a fucking thing. Just, just stop, stop with that. Stop with that. But he might have insulted the police and you don't know what. There's always a but. There's always some kind of clause. There's always some kind of justification to killing black people. Always. You might as well stretch to find any kind of clause to justify killing a black person. But when it's you on the other hand, when it's your property, the fact that people are more mad about like property being burnt down than a black person, an innocent black person being killed in the most horrific way speaks volumes. And all lives matter people need to just, they need to get in the bin because not all lives are being disproportionately targeted by the police. So it's not time for that discussion. It's, it's not. Read the room. It is... It's very, very simple. If your house is on fire, mine is not. Imagine me saying to the to the fire brigades, but can you put water on my house? But is my house on fire though? Do, do I need the water on my house? No, but, but my house matters too. All houses matter, but is mine on fire? I don't know, I don't know. I, I thought it was simple. I thought it was common sense, but apparently common sense isn't common and just common sympathy, empathy, just feeling for other, apparently that isn't a thing. Apparently that is not a thing everyone possesses. I don't know. Also, we have to talk about the friends or social media who were just completely silent. They had nothing to say on the matter. They were just posting their usual content business as usual. Like nothing happened, not even the black square, like you were saying. One of my friends even posted a picture, yeah? And the caption was something like, oh, I lost seven pounds and now I can fit into this dress. So you have to celebrate your small wins. You have to read the room. You have to read the room. People are losing their lives. You are losing weight. It's not the same. It's not the time, you know? Um, she, cool. Yeah. You know what? I guess some people just want their, their usual time. I'm ready for, I'm ready for the timeline to get back to normal, guys. But I, I just came back from holiday and I really want to post my holiday pics and this whole like social justice, Black Lives Matter, it's a bit interrupting with my feed. And I just want to post about like the fact that I can fit into this cute dress. Cool. All right. I hope, I hope she's been, but I hope she was swiftly unfollowed, blocked oh, up, blocked up, blocked all that team. <laughs> all of it. Immediately, I wasn't going to witness that when I opened. Nah, that's what I don't even get because at this time, it's what the majority of people were sharing. So she would have easily come across it and she just chose to ignore it all and go, listen, I now fit into this dress. Hashtag small wins, celebrate gains. I just, people are shocking. It's just mad because you know it was a conscious decision because there's no way you didn't see all of this happening on social media. If you had a phone, if you had a laptop, if you had a television and the news, if you walked out into the street, you would know. If you worked in any kind of business, you would know. So that's how she made a conscious decision to be like, I see all of that, I hear all of that. I'm still going to post my picture of me fitting into this cute dress. You saw the room. You looked at everyone in the room. You looked at everyone in the room at the table, dead in the eyes. And you still said, cute dress. 
in the bin straight in the bin man the unfollowing spree that I went on it was it was ridiculous but I don't know if you experienced this but so many of my white friends were sliding into my dms asking me to educate them on how to be a better ally do I look like a university do I look like a sixth form college pick up a book Becky so why are you asking me for resources am I a library like I get it I'm your friend who is black so you want guidance but deep what it's like for me if every single one of my white friends did a you and was like yo Samira now that I'm seeing all of these black lives matter things going on like what kind of resource what what films can I watch what books can I read like what can I do to just be a <laughs> fam I've posted enough resources on my story go on my story you'll find something Go on my story, you will find a petition to sign, a fund to donate to, a book to read, websites to see. You'll find all of that. Like, it's just the fact that it really doesn't take much. Like, it wasn't difficult to find resources. Really and truly, it wasn't because everyone was posting something. If you had just typed in the hashtag BLM, you would have found enough, but you decided not to. There was resources on my story as the rest of the world. And, and Google. And Google, when do people just forget how to use search engines? Like, you don't know how to use social media when it's to teeth black content and black culture, but to find black resources now is not there. Do better, do better. You could probably even ask Siri or ask Alexa in these days, but no, you have to go and ask your black, your, that one black friend who's getting the same DMs from all of their friends. And you have to go through the trauma and then relive it when they ask you about it and then go and teach them. No. Nah. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Also, I don't know why in the last month, like a few of my white friends have started sharing content to do with police brutality and racism, but only sharing it on their story that has their close friends on it. The audacity, like imagine seeing something so bad. Yeah, that's happened to a black person. Imagine next black person's been murdered and, and they go and share it and make sure that only a select few can see it so it doesn't ruin the whole instant aesthetic what is running through people's minds i would love to know i can i can only sigh like wow it's mad because they know that you're in it so it's like i want her to see that i'm sharing these resources like the only the only way i will accept that if the is if the only people in your close friendship groups are your proper white supremacist, racist ass friends, family. They shouldn't even be your friends to start off with. But unless they're literally the, the cream of the crop of racism and racist, they're the only ones you should be sharing that with. It, small story. So, so you can see, I can see to know I'm being performative, but then just, just those five people because, yeah, no. Nah. Don't want, don't want all of that to ruin the aesthetic of, you know, my cute little brunch. Mm, mm, the, whole, the whole online performativity is a bit mad. It's because they know, they know that I can see that it's just shared with their close friends. So I'm not, what do they expect? Like, I couldn't tell if they were sharing it. So I would go, wow, they're really woke. Or if I just, the thought process, it escapes me. <laughs> I, I can't see another answer. I, I see no other possible answer, no other possible justification of why would you, because you have to, you have to actually like select like close friends. Oh, share the story to your main one or close friends. You said, no, instead of sharing it with my 700 followers where it would impact more people, 
and actually have a reach so the message can spread so people know not to be racist and they can see what's going on you're like nah just just this 10 people including ivy so she knows that i'm people want to be known as an ally more they just they just want the label of it more than like actually being it because any of you man who's like fam samira how can i be an ally you just want the title because you would do the work you wouldn't come to me you would just do the work Exactly. It's just they're just doing it for clout at the end of the day. Because you would, you would just Google it. There are so many books. There are so many podcasts. There are so many series. There are so many. The fact that it's not hard to find. But some people want a pl- blue Peter badge. They want a blue Peter badge. They want a gold star. They want a sticker. A little scratch and stiff snicker to be like, well done you. They did. They want a round of applause. That's why they're doing it. She put it on her story. So I would go, wow, look at you. You're so woke. You ain't getting it. Madness. You're, oh my goodness, you're a decent human being. Wow. Round of applause for you. It's just, it's just shocking. Imagine thinking, you know what, my followers, they, they can't see this information that actually might teach them something. Let me hide it from them. Wow. <laughs> In fact, I'm not seeing that as you sharing it with close friends. I'm looking at that like you hiding it <laughs> from the people who need to see it. I'm saying I already know this like as we said black people have been knowing this is going on why are you sharing it with me I know if anything you should hide it from me because I'm witnessing that all the time that would that would <laughs> like I'm the one person that doesn't need to see it you're literally the one person that doesn't need to see it and they said no Ivy especially needs to see it Ivy especially needs to see my performative you're like I don't I don't need to, you don't have to share that. You don't have to share it with me. I, I know, I've been known. I've been known. You don't have. <laughs> no, I really, I really hate to see it. I need some new friends. Also, so we spoke about um, trolling more generally last week, but racist trolling, it's on a, it's on a whole other level. So we have to talk about it. Um, even starting with diversity, um, who had 25,000 Ofcom complaints the last time I checked for their Britain's Got Talent performance, which was a dance that addressed the Black Lives Matter movement and just police brutality more generally. Um, And what's mad is that it was such a beautiful moving performance and it wasn't even controversial in the slightest. It was just a reflection of what's going on in the world. But the whole team was bombarded with death threats and hateful messages on social media afterwards. Like that's the response they got for literally just trying to say Black Lives Matter through dance. Um, Imagine how racist you must be to be offended by a dance. A dance. A dance. Listen, when, when I tell you they hate black people, they really hate black people. The dance was just a tad too spicy and a tad too realistic for their racist conscience. How? 25,000 complaint about a dance. A dance. A dance. A dance. People really complained that a dance was just, a, it was too political. It was too spicy. It was just a bit too black. It's not what I want. It's not what I needed to see on my primetime Saturday night TV. I, I was just looking to have a lovely night in with the family, get a nice Chinese, maybe a little onion bhaji, maybe an Indian and a korma. And I just didn't, it was very distressing for me to see that on the telly. A dance, a dance. <laughs> And li- I can't even stress, like, if you, if you hate diverse, if you actually hate diversity 
they got diverse in their name. If you actually hate diversity, then there's something wrong with you because they're literally the most lovable, amazing people, amazing dancers. If you have something wrong with diverse, then there's something wrong with you. If you're offended by dance, you, you're racist. It's also like you can watch something on TV and be like, that's not for me. But to go out of your way, to go Google. See, now now people can find Google. Now people can find Google to find Ofcom. <laughs> now they know where their computer is. Now they can locate the internet to go find Ofcom to send off their complaints. This is how. Well, those resources, those resources, they know how to find. Those resources, <laughs> when it comes to complaining about black people, they know how to find those resources. When it comes to complaining about Naja Manchetti saying that a racist president was racist, they know how to find the forms. They know how to use Google then. They know. Ridiculous. It's actually wild. It's actually wild. Um, and even dance. Ivy, Ivy, a dance. <laughs> people were offended by a dance. They were doing one two step cheeky backflip, and people have written in. They've spent their time to conduct a letter. Nah, I can't. A, a whole letter. Now you want to come and use English dictionary? <laughs> what was mad? Yeah, Ashley Banjo. He was sharing some of the like hateful tweets he was getting, and people were saying um, diversity wasn't diverse. And I just don't, I just don't understand. They were like, "There's only five white people in it, so how can you call yourself diversity?" <laughs> Now you know now you know how to count race. Now you know how to count race. Now you know how to count race when white people are the minority. Yes. But when you have one black person in your in your company of 900 people, now it's only now you know how to count race. You know that, or, in those moments. When you have, or when you have zero black people on your cabinet, but you got two Asians, you want to count. My goodness. Now you want to come and say diversity of thoughts. With zero diving, you want to say diversity of thought now. When diversity are actually being diverse, you want to say, no, it's not diverse enough. You're so right. When there's that token black person, it's like, I don't see color. I do not see color. We are diverse. We are all in this together. It's just... um, I hate it here. I hate it here. I want to go home. <laughs> This is <gasps> the ghetto. And I'm similarly, I can't cope. On the same show, yeah, Alicia Dixon, who's also a judge, came onto the I show just, and she go on. I'm I'm so sorry to interrupt you. I just remembered you were talking about when Ashley Banjo shared those comments. Some people even commented saying, I don't see how that's racist. <clears throat> Continue. <laughs> no, I'm done. With There's people. actual comments under the comments and people want to say i don't know how that's racist they didn't say anything wrong okay so like, what's the issue Ooh. here it's it's Ooh. mad it's mad but yeah similarly alicia dixon who is also a judge on britain's got talent she wore a necklace that literally just said three letters blm BL that's it same thing thousands of ofcom complaints again everyone found their computer everyone found their iphone at this time <laughs> It's just wild. It's like, okay, black people, you bring the energy, make the show interesting, yeah? Make it entertaining, but do not mention black lives because that's too much. That's political. We're not having that. You can't. E equal rights for everyone. No, you can't say that. It's too political. Too rogue. You know? You, even, you can't even mention the word black. Nope. Ooh. Too uh, spicy. Nope. <laughs> nope. Can't do it. It's mad. Can't do it. It's like being black on social media is not being able to say black lives matter without people telling you you're being too political or too aggressive or that you're a black supremacist you're just literally saying stop killing us and people are saying no that's too much for us -uh. that's controversial that 
being black on social media is people saying you're trying to push an agenda because you're black on social media. Oh, you must be you're definitely pushing a black agenda here. But you're not going to come and do some black supremacy art. She wore a Now people can read. Now people can read. <laughs> when it says BLM, a chain, it was literally a necklace, like an accessory. When it says those three letters, now people can read. Before, can't see it. Don't see it. What racism? You can't. You can't see it then. Now you can see it. They get okay. the message loud and clear when it's on a necklace. It's mad. This, oh, this apparently necklaces speak volumes now. <laughs> How can you complain over jewelry? No, jewelry. I, I love that she said, if ITV even attempted to apologize, which is mad that that was even a thought. But she ain't stupid. She's like, I know what these not be out here doing. She said, if IDV even attempted to apologize for Diversity's performance, she would quit the show then and there. Sis said, I don't need that money. If this is what you stand for, don't need it, I'm out. And they didn't. They defended diversity as they should. Exactly. Honestly, BBC, take note. Them ones where people are saying the N-word on TV and they can't even apologise. Take note. That's how you do it. Mm-hmm. Don't, mm-hmm, what? Imagine, um, imagine apologising for a dance. Because it, it, had, it had too many black people in. It wasn't enough whites to balance it out. Shut up. I can't cope with people. I, I can't. And do you know what? I, remember, I think it was towards the end of this Premier League season, which was like two months ago, but... Um, the football player Wilfred Zaha, uh, who plays for Crystal Palace, he got sent a racist message over Insta. Bearing in mind, this is during the whole awakening, the Black Lives Matter is happening. They're kneeling at the start of every single Premier League football game. They have Black Lives Matter written on their shirts and like no room for racism. He got sent a racist message over Instagram. He reported it. He put it all over social media and apparently an investigation was carried out and they think it was a 12-year-old boy, but they're not sure who and if it was exactly him. And I don't even know if any action was was taken whatsoever. But you see how quick they're just like, oh, we'll just write this off. It's just, it's just some silly kid. No, you don't know that for sure because it came from some account. They're saying that they couldn't trace it to the correct person. And because it's a black man complaining about racism, are. Oh, it's just, it's just gonna slide under the carpet like that. It was, it was actually wild. And then another example of how stressful it is to be black on social media. It took Twitter way, way, way too long to finally ban Miss Katie Hopkins. She was allowed to spread so much hate, negativity, make horrific racist comments and slurs call people cockroaches like it's actually disgusting the things she said and did she's allowed to go on tv and radio and she still can but she's banned off of twitter now as a perfect example when wiley made comments on twitter everyone called him out they said boom anti-semitic ban no he made his comments on twitter but by the next day he was banned off facebook banned off instagram <laughs> Banned off WhatsApp, banned off TikTok, banned off anything, anything and everything. Probably banned off Snapchat as well, even though no one used it. Banned off everything. Everyone was calling him out. Everyone completely disassociated with him. Like it happened like that. And how he was dealt with 
should that should be the president for everyone not just a black man and the thing is when it did happen to him suddenly everyone's like turn around to every single black person why haven't you called out wiley what are your thoughts on wiley what who who claimed him who claimed, who claimed him but also why is it now that you want me to come and speak out against it when white people are out here doing fuck shit i don't be like oh I, i'm gonna need you to apologize for that i need you to speak up about that thing that that other white person did because i know not all white people are homogenous but when it's a black person you're like you need to this why haven't you said anything look, look at your kind Definitely. look at you man is this not your brethren the double standards are actually unreal they're like go and talk to your boy i don't know why you like that i don't claim the guy it's mad it's like White people have nine lives. They get excused for their behavior time and time again when they are literally being racist and discriminatory. Katie Hopkins, she, she should, the fact that she is allowed to speak in public, the fact that she can speak in newspapers, the fact that she has a voice. I just, imagine if a black person came and said one thing about a white person, like imagine, Ooh, like you, you would never. never be locked up, thrown away the key, never heard from ever again. Like, nah, we could um. never. We could never. We can't even call. We can't even call a racist white person racist. Apparently, that's all. Oh, you shouldn't make such assumptions. That is controversial. Like, can't that, be doing that. That. Can, that can ruin someone's career making comments like that. Sorry, the fact that she still has a platform, she is allowed to have a platform. She might have been banned off, off Twitter, but somehow they'll find a way to reinstate her in I don't know maybe a couple of weeks. But she still has all those other platforms which she has access to, and you lot are okay with that. But then diversity want to do a dance on stage. Alicia Dixon wants to wear a necklace. And that, no, we can't have that. That is out of hand. We can't have that. Why Absolutely not. You man said fire. No way. Necklace, a dance. Then yet another example, because there are so many examples. Diane Abbott, an MP. We just have to think about the years of online trolling she has received. First black female MP. She's received so much online hate, racist comments, whether it be on Twitter, loads of other platforms, but she's also had hate mail, racist, violent hate mail sent to her chambers in the Houses of Parliament. Please deep that. In the Houses of Parliament, where there is multiple layers of security, like that letter has to go through so many different passages before it ends up on her desk and before it ends up in her hand and for her, her to open it. But somehow, that was allowed to pass through. Let me know a time any, any white prime minister, let me just even say prime minister because they've all been white. Name me a time when any prime minister has received hate mail like that in the physical or a president or any person of importance. But no, somehow these racist letters have just found their way through the houses of parliament to Dion Abbott. Yeah, you might want to say this country isn't racist. You might want to say that the House of Parliament and them and there, the politicians, not racist. All right, cool. Calm. Do you know how many people would have had to have turned a blind eye for that to get to her? Do you know how the dozens, do you know the security that goes on in the Houses of Parliament for that to get to her? It probably came from one of the people in the building. Oh! Probably one of her colleagues. Say it again. <laughs> say it again. Probably one of her colleagues, like... Let's call a spade a spade. It um, is what it is. <laughs> you know that one was hand delivered. They did. I don't know if you've seen the um, bodyguard or just any, or even Mean Girls. They probably cut it out, stuck it hand by hand. They put a lot of effort into that racist hate mail. They said, "No, nah, this one's going to be hand delivered." 
because tell me how that kind of male is passing that many levels of security they they, I mean, <laughs> they moved like stevie wonder it was signed sealed and delivered ooh, that's all i have to say ooh, genuinely straight into her pocket i can't cope oh the references was too much too zesty too spicy oh my goodness stop yeah no being being black on social media is it's wild because it comes it comes from all angles but at the same time there definitely are some positives there are some silver linings I guess especially when it comes to activism social media really does help with that because even if you look at the George Floyd murder and all the killings that have been recorded like imagine there was no social media to actually hold these policemen accountable like it's definitely still not enough even even seeing a black man being killed in broad daylight isn't enough to get someone convicted apparently like even look at Breonna Taylor her her murderers are still free but it's something it's a chance like we have more chance holding these people accountable now because social media exists so it's not all bad I suppose yeah like in my lifetime I'd never seen anything like it before where just for like those few months the one thing that dominated like social media and news and just everything was was like Black Lives Matter. It was the movement that was pushed and forced by us. Because when this horrific thing happened, like George Floyd obviously being murdered in like the worst possible way, like treated with like literally zero ounces of respect. Like the fact that that then like instigated protests around the world, like in cities all over the world, even in like war-torn Syria people were protesting and they still were you know graffitiing George Floyd's face on like derelict buildings and stuff like the fact that the entire world said nah this is not okay we're not letting this happen like let's stand up let's show solidarity let's show our discomfort because it's not just an issue in America this is an issue in France in Spain in the UK in Australia in all these countries all across the world like it as sad as it was, it was almost like this beautiful, like coming together. And it felt like we were finally being seen. It felt like, oh my goodness, like the world is actually listening. And as hard as it was, as we said, like constantly seeing things on social media every single day, every time I kept expecting like the convo to die and things to disappear, it was just like things were just accelerating more. And then we had taken it from it just being like a protest to actually holding people accountable, actually holding companies and brands and just holding everyone accountable and actually holding like your peers and your colleagues and those racist family members, like holding everyone accountable, like it was a reckoning. Yeah, it was definitely a turning point. And I think especially because it forced white people all across the world to enter the conversation. They couldn't avoid it because their silence basically meant that they were racist at the end of the day you couldn't be silent when things like that were being circulated and not be called racist so it forced white people to enter the conversation um and it forced brands to then check themselves as well which I think is a big thing and as well like this was the largest civil rights movement in history and I think that is largely due to the internet and the way that we share things even if you think about the protests that were in London we heard about them because some people posted them on their stories like it made a big difference and it even reminds me, like, I don't know if you did, I don't know if you had essays like this um, in school in history and they'd be like, what was the motivating factor for the civil rights movement in this year? I feel like one of the answers would be social media because 
it has had such a big impact. It has brought people together. It's allowed people to mobilize. It's allowed people to protest. And it has been a way of also spreading information. Mobilize 100%. And this wasn't just like an issue for one state or one country or one continent or just like one generation. It was, it was everyone. Like I remember going to um, a Black Lives Matter protest here in London on like one of the weekends when it was like the biggest one ever. And I remember seeing like people of all ages, like families were there, like white families were there with like their little daughters and stuff. There was like black families with kids of all different ages. There was like teenagers, there were people might. There was this old white man who was there by himself, like with his cane and he had this Black Lives Matter sign around his neck. And I was just like, come through my G, come through. It was, it was just everyone. It was just everyone wanting to hold everyone accountable. Like, you can't hide anymore. White people have entered the chat. Non-Black people have entered the chat. You have all entered the chat. Yeah. Now, you, now it's time to speak up. There's no ghosting in this chat. You can't ghost. You cannot ghost in this chat. You can't. Exactly. And you're right. It did, it did definitely bring everyone together. And I think that every video you would see on social media of someone being attacked and murdered, you would also see a video of like white people risking their lives or white people, I guess, speaking up um, on black people's behalf as well. So I think that really helped. Like when you felt like all hope was lost and that people didn't really care, you would every now and then see a video that would warm your heart and make you think, okay, maybe, maybe the human race isn't completely doomed. Yeah, and like people actually recognizing what it is to be an ally it's more than just saying you're an ally it's more than just a title but people actually recognizing oh my goodness I have this white privilege like if I put myself my white body in front like between the police and this black guy I am physically helping him in this situation where like I have the upper hand and he's he's more vulnerable like it's recognizing things like that and knowing what you need to do in certain situations and knowing how to act in certain situations that makes all, all the difference really and truly and it literally is actions speak louder than words like now that you've educated yourself and you know what's going on in the world maybe yeah maybe you were shocked by it but now that you've educated yourself what are you actually going to do in these situations that show you an ally it's not just saying I care about you how are you going to prove it and I think it did really help seeing those videos because it then made you realize okay well some people are getting it some people are still ignorant but some people are getting it and that I think filled a lot of us with hope I think it was also like really educational as well because it made people look at the wider pitch like this wasn't just about George Floyd dying it wasn't just about that but it's looking at every single system in the world and seeing how like racism is integrated into the systems like this isn't just a one-off event it's institutional like it's, it's there in the laws, it's there in like redlining, it's there in stopping people from getting adequate housing, it's there by stopping people from going to, to good schools, it's there by stopping people getting certain jobs, it's there by stopping people getting an education, it's there by, you know, the high school to prison mentality pipeline it's there in so many different ways and so many different levels from like microaggressions to everything and it was it was more like forcing people to realize that like this isn't just one event this isn't just because one man died but it's because of all of like everything was leading up to this moment like, and it just happened to manifest itself in this way but it it was a long it was a long time coming 
like that was that was definitely like the catalyst um but yeah it'd been it'd been brewing for so long and I think even just something else that came out of it was there were loads of white I guess actors and actresses that realized they needed to step down because a lot of people were even like voicing characters that were mixed race and black and through all of this they were like oh crap I, I, sh I really shouldn't be doing that even like Kristen Bell, Miss Frozen, like she was, she was voicing a mixed race character, mixed race cartoon, I think, and she was like, "Yeah, this, this isn't for me." It's mad that it took this for her to realize that it shouldn't be her playing that. But little things like that, like it, it has, it has made a big impact. I can't even lie. It was, it really took this for people to realize, like that they were racist or that no, they mean... were taking an opportunity away from a black person. Like all the Keith Lemons being like, oh, do you know those sketches I used to make before I was in blackface? Yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. Um, I apologize to that time where I was literally in blackface on national TV, you know, putting on quote unquote black accents and all that business. And, you know, it, it really does, when I say it filters every single thing, like cartoons, even let's say family guy, white people voicing black characters. Why not just have a black person? It's really that simple. I, I, it, is it, is, is it that hard? Is it that hard? You know, listen, oh, but you know, sometimes, sometimes we just like to get one, one person to do what, get a black person then, get a black you know, person then. It's that actually a lot easier. You have enough money to pay everyone to voice their own character. You, you don't need to do that, sir. Nope. Listen, Jimmy Fallon, yeah, the host of like his late night show came out in blackface. Would it not have been easier to hire one of the millions of black people that live in your country? He has a band that is black. Could he not have said, listen, come into the frame for a second? You know, I'm like, what, what was the thought process? Them ones there, there's, there's, there's just not enough, you know, black people or funny black people to do the sketch. So I'm going to do the sketch, but at the same time, I'm a hire five, six, seven like guys to play the instruments though now that when it's when it's for musical and talent and entertainment oh i can find black people then yeah, when no it's just on my show no can't find a single one sorry nope actually mad it's actually mad when you think about it but even just like going back to how useful social media can be like it really does start conversations because even um naomi osaka who i'm obsessed with she's an icon um she just won the us open um and she wore seven face masks with with the names of seven victims of police brutality like george floyd and brianna taylor and ahmad arbery at her matches and she was asked what the impact was for her or why she wore them and she literally said it sounds lame but just knowing that it will be shared on social media and the more retweets it gets means more people are going to see it and start having these discussions just shows how impactful it is because what she was doing was quite simple like she had to wear a face mask because of covid and all that jazz and she literally thought let me get one that has just the names of these victims and just doing that literally set the internet on fire and got hundreds of thousands of people talking like back in the day that just wouldn't happen yeah and it's, it's just the fact that there was like a double entendre with her wearing a face mask which disproportionately kills black people a black face mask whilst also wearing a face mask with the names of black people who have been killed like she you can't the message the message is clear and again it's like crazy and amazing to think that something so small like had such a big impact but that is how you use your platform like her knowing she's an athlete she's on like one of the biggest stages in the world like at the US Open this event that is shown globally and in that moment she was like 
I'm going to use this platform to voice how I feel because like she is a black woman she's a Japanese black woman and I just think she's she's absolutely phenomenal and again like you might some people might think oh it's just small it's just a face mask but like it's it's enough as she said to start a conversation if she's on like tv and she's being interviewed and they're asking her about the face like it's enough to spark a conversation and she's amazing she's fantastic and not to take away from that but I saw an interview and it was a white woman interviewing her and she said each day you've been wearing these face masks and I just keep trying to guess who which name's gonna be next and I, I didn't get oh, it right okay. today but maybe tomorrow not I'll game. get it right like tell me why tell me in that exact tone she was like each day I keep trying to guess which name and you know I got it wrong today but may, maybe tomorrow if you lot weren't killing black people she wouldn't have to wear no face mask with nobody's name but you missed the message you missed the mark you did not read the room still people can just be so thoughtless and like so unaware it it, it genuinely baffles me it genuinely baffles me it's also the fact that she was getting it wrong each day shows just how many black people have been murdered because there shouldn't be a list that long there really shouldn't <laughs> and that didn't even dawn on her she was like oh which police brutality victim is it going to be today oh wrong again let's try again tomorrow it's not a game there's so many thousands to choose from which one will it be that's mad that just shows you how often it happens but her tone like it was some fun little game this is not a game these are lives we're talking about it's not a game of guess who that's not what what? it is that that there is some get out energy that's some jordan peele movie energy right there correct that's tone deafness that's tone deafness, 100%. And another thing that Naomi Osaka did was um, she went on strike, like she refused to play one of her games. And this was to show her support of um, the NBA players refusing to play their games. So um, during the NBA, the playoffs, again, they were in like their own social bubble, like playing their games. And all of the NBA players had like mes- messages of social justice, like on their jersey. So like where their name would be, like under above their number, they had things like Black Lives Matter or say her name and say, they, say their name or like all different um, social justice messages to do with like Black Lives Matter. Also like foreign players had it written in their language, like equality. So when, you know, like their fans back home see it that they too could relate. And it's just to show that like, it's not just an issue for one country or like one continent, like it's, it's a worldwide issue. And do you know what? The NBA have actually like been on it with like social justice and community outreach. Like they have been on it since since day. I know some people like to think, oh, they just started doing stuff overnight, but now they've actually been consistent. Like their commissioner has actually been consistent with like reali- realizing and recognizing how important these things are to the players, recognizing how many black players are in the league, recognizing their platform and how they want to use it and like never questioning that. Um, and then also like during their warm-ups, before games, after games, like all the players are wearing t-shirts that say Black Lives Matter. I think the last couple of weeks they've been the same ones that um ones that say vote. Um and they've actually turned a lot of the local um basketball arenas into voting stations and they're specifically trying to aim it at black people because you know this president is out here trying to stop people from registering to vote. 
and this this is how you do real change like yeah you can do cute little messages on stuff but actually saying like we have all of these empty stadiums across across the country right now let's open them up specifically to get people especially black people in registering to vote where no one can tamper with any of that that's real social justice that's how you enforce real change by encouraging people to vote but also my main point um was that the players the nba players went on strike and they refused to commence the playoffs and this was headed by the milwaukee bucks which is a team and this was after the shooting of jacob blake and the subsequent killings that happened in milwaukee during the protest with that 17 year old white boy killing three people and just walking across state lines. But like the Bucks team said like, nah, enough is enough. And they went on strike. They refused to play their playoff games. They gave a speech like as a collective, the whole team came to this decision. Like it must've been like less than an hour before they were supposed to play their games. And then all the other subsequent teams were like, yeah, we're going on strike as well. And all of it was like headed up by the players themselves. Like they all got together in a room and had a meeting about like how they want to move forward. But, that is real change. That's how you use your platform. That's like that's like cancelling, I don't know, the FA Cup or the Premier League or the Super Bowl saying you're not going to play because we're, t- we're tired. We're actually tired of black people dying. And that's how you have real impact. Yeah. Like it's, it's really sad that it comes to that. And it's sad that these people have to go to work and combat racism or not go to work to combat racism when really and truly they should just be able to go to work. And it should be that simple. It's sad, but it's also like using their platform in in this way or having something written on their jersey or doing what Naomi Naomi Osaka did like that is such a powerful way to get people talking and to get people listening and it works because some people obviously will see that and will kick off that maybe the match isn't going on but it's starting that conversation I think that's what's so important because like you said enough is enough and you can't just sit there and do nothing you have to come up with different ways to try and change things otherwise things will never change yeah, and it's like, you're happy for me to run up and down this court, shed my blood, sweat and tears, make money for all this branding, all this broadcasting, but you can't even give me my rights, like, at all. And what's even mad was that two years ago, like, one of the actual um, Milwaukee Bucks players, his name was Sterling Brown, um, the night before a game, he was, like, tased by police officers in Milwaukee because... I don't know, he parked his car wrong or something. He was in, he parked his car, went into like the gas station stop, came out. They started asking Buki questions. Oh, this car can't be yours. Before he could even talk, they tased him. And he played the game the next day with visible bruises, like on his body. And it's like, even being an NBA player still doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that you are a black man in America. Like it, it doesn't. And so this is how you use your platform to make a difference mad though because it's like they think we're performing monkeys they want us to play the games do the dances bring the culture bring the flavor but aside from all of that they're happy for us to be dying in the street they don't want us to have a voice don't want us to say a damn thing don't want us to do a damn thing other than perform and entertain them until it starts affecting their pockets until it prevents them from lining their pockets that's only when they start caring in it when they feel like their privilege is threatened then they have something to say no, because that team, if I own it, that's the, that's my property. And if you can't interfere with my property, so if that means I'm going to have to send a strongly worded letter to the mayor, to the judge, because the real thing is like, these lot can make so much happen. 
as an owner, as a chairman of a big team like that, you've got so much, you can make stuff happen. You can do a little call on the sly when it comes to getting your son-in-law and your godfather in into the, into the office, into the company. You can do all that. You can make a cheeky little call and be like, make sure these motherfuckers go down to life. Yes. You said, nah, let me sit here. Do nothing. With the, with the radio silence speaks volumes. You got the resources, you just don't want to bring them out yet, and we all know that. But, anyways, back to the positives of online activism. Um, it was just amazing to see people like sharing online resources, sharing books, websites, TV shows, petitions, films, information, campaigns, funds like all of that was just fantastic to see. And that's how you make a real difference. Like, yes, you can share like messages and pictures and stuff like that but actively like giving money from your pocket to a fund that's gonna help pay pay for the bail of like innocent black people who have been arrested for protesting which is their right that has real effects like signing a petition to force the mayor or the judge or the chief police constable to hold these people accountable that makes a real difference fine even netflix was making it easy for you guys they had a whole category you just click and it was the first thing that came up black lives matter all the films tv shows everything that you netflix said yes us too we can we can do the smallest like you have to go out of your way to avoid that category. It's right there when you open the app. It's right there in your face. All lined up. Honestly. They said no, must watches, must watches. They put the hashtag, like, like, they wrote it all there for you. It's the first thing. They said compulsory viewing. Compulsory. And people are still like, I can't, I can't find it. I can't see the information. They still want to oh, slide into your DMs. It. They want to slide into your DMs. Please, can you educate me? And Netflix is there with the whole category. Did you not see... Did you not see what Netflix Netflix was sending you all the messages? Clear, subliminal, all of them, but you you want to... All right, cool. Um, everything I'm going to send you is going to be on that list. That there's already, They created a whole category, and it's at the top. Everything else is in alphabetical order, but that matter is at the top. They've done the work for you. They've done it. They've done the research, and you still want to come to me? No, nah, move from me. Move from me. It was, it was also just fantastic to see Black Joy on social media. Like... It, it made me so happy. I, I had seen a lot of depressing stuff, a lot of heavy stuff, a lot of traumatic stuff. But like seeing people just break into dance in New York at a protest, I'm here for it. See people sing, seeing black people laugh because the way we laugh is different. different. It, seeing them laugh and them smile makes me laugh and makes me smile. I was just like, oh, even in these times, we still find a way to find joy somehow. Even with all of this going on, we still find a way to find joy and come together. And it's just beautiful. That was literally like a roundup of 10 videos. I think you sent it to me and it was of black people laughing. And I just have to share that. I was like, the world needs to see this because, mate, that, even when, even in your lowest moments, that can just sort you right out. Yeah. Also, like, we're human too. We like to laugh. We like, we like to enjoy, like... <sighs> It's, it's actually mad that we have to, like, beg to be seen. Beg to be seen as equal. But, yeah, Black people, you, you should just, like, Google Black people laughing. It's honestly, like, it'll make your day. It's the most beautiful things you'll ever see. It's just so awesome. <laughs> and then back to the positives of social media, like, Black Pound Day. We have to talk about it because it wouldn't be what it is without social media. For anyone who doesn't know, it's basically a day where... All people are encouraged to spend money on black businesses and just put money back into the community and help, I guess, people starting out, especially because in this day and age, we have like 
a tendency to spend on like big brands or fast fashion when actually there are black amazing talented black people who are creating that people avoid or don't even want to look into because they're because they're used to shopping in this place or used to shopping in that place but actually what I love about Black Pound Day is that you come across some of the most amazing things like some of the most incredible things that you could never find on like Boohoo ASOS could never, never. they, they nope. could never some of the candles some of the jewelry immaculate stupendous even like it's incredible and without social media I just don't feel like that would have happened nothing but stupendous confectionaries there were things I didn't even know existed there were things I didn't even know I needed and I needed it and just a big round of applause to I think Swiss Bank is what uh, yeah World Swiss Bank who came up with this fantastic idea and I believe it's like the first Saturday of every month not that you need to be restricted to one day of the month to be buying from black people but it was really one of those put your money where your mouth is give your coin to black people you don't want to be taken so much from us donate let's let this work the other way and it was just fantastic because it was so easy like it could not have been easier to find black businesses black hairdressers black nail technicians black candle owned stores handmade things like literally anything you could possibly want that there was there was someone selling it there were multiple people selling it so when people say oh it's just so difficult to find black owned it's not you're just not looking you're just not looking it's there you can google you can google braids how do i get braids and cane rolls you can google that but to find a black owned restaurant you're making like it i'm just walk down any street in Brixton <laughs> black owned restaurants <laughs> it's not that hard but it, it's definitely wonderful and like seeing everyone like share it um it's pretty cool I just remember before the first one I think we were talking about it and you were like payday hasn't hit yet I don't have too much money but I'm gonna cop a couple of things black panda came and it went and Sammy the list of things you bought it went on and I was like you know what this is a real one right here, right here. this is a real one that is a real one. You are spending the money you don't even have to help the black businesses. I was like, it's going to the community. So I'm gonna find some, I'm gonna find some way somehow to give back to my community. Um, but no, I bought some wonderful, I bought lots of jewelry. That was good. Oh my lot of jewelry. I got this wonderful accessory for my room after I redirect redirect redecorated from lovely stitch. I got myself this peng candle, elephant and bamboo. You got um, a couple of clips as well. I said like black. Oh, oh my goodness. How did I forget? It was a beauty stunter. These hair clips that say melanin, iconic, and they're just shiny and just bougie. And oh, it just glistens in the light. Uh, fam, you even remember. That's, I love that about you. But yeah, a lot of fantastic stuff out there and it's not hard to find at all. So ha- hashtags are here for a reason. Instagram even said, let's make it easy for you guys. All you have to do is find a hashtag. Boom, it's there. Look up Black Pound Day, follow them. There are so many different um, directory type accounts on Insta and like direct like Black directory groups. Someone even made this like directory um, where you could scroll to find like black owned restaurants and they even had a filter based on location but also a filter of the ones who were doing the eat out to help out could not be any easier it could it not be couldn't. any easier Fam, every day every day can be black pound day if you want it to be like forget nando's one time go, go somewhere black owned please Ooh. it will season the food and it won't be dry dry it won't be burnt no leave the lemon and herb go to the source Go 
to the source. The source is calling you. The seasoning is calling you. Your taste buds are calling for that cayenne pepper, that Maggi, all of the flavors. Your taste buds want it. Don't deny your taste buds. Don't do that. But yeah, kind of like we touched on before as well. I just think social media has just, especially with the protests, I just can't imagine the protests this summer happening without social media. Like, I don't know if they would have or if the numbers would have just been a lot smaller, but everyone was sharing them on their stories. And yeah, I feel like that was such a big part of why it was so successful because it was so accessible to everyone. Yeah, and people were having their own like localized protests as well as like the really big ones that were taking place in like parliament and outside the US embassy. People also having like protests in Brixton and in Tottenham. And the hashtag just made it so easy to find a protest local to you no matter where you were in the world. Like if you just looked it up on Twitter or on Insta, um, you would find it and you could connect that people and like go and show your support, your like physical support. Yeah, it, it just made it, it ma- that's the thing with social media it makes it so easy so there is no excuse for anyone to be like oh but I just don't understand oh but I just didn't there's no excuse there is no excuse not to know because it's at your fingertips yeah the, you, as you said like no one ha- it could not be any easier for you and I love this new culture this new movement of Put your money where your mouth is. Show us the receipts. Holding brands accountable. Holding businesses accountable. Holding personal people accountable. Are you want to chat so much about how much you respect black people and you love your black friends and you love your black boyfriend? Which which black owned business did you buy from? Let me see. Let me see the receipts. Oh, brands. Are you want to use black creators' content and you want to use black style and culture? Let me see how many of those black influencers you got on your page, real quick. Oh, businesses. Let me let's let's talk about your HR. Sorry, how many black people do you have currently employed right now? Huh? How many is that? Ooh, that's not working for me. So I've got to change. Do you know what sent me? Do you know what sent me at the height of the Black Lives Matter movement? All of these brands who had been reposting all these light-skinned men, all these white women, they would scroll down right into the pits of their Insta feed to find one picture where they posted someone who was slightly on the darker side and then they would repost it to show their solidarity. They would scroll back weeks and weeks and weeks, months and months to find the one picture of someone who's just slightly darker. Think repost it, that shows that we care. Some of them were even like posting, oh, wait, wait, is she, is she even black? Is she even, is she even is she even mixed? Is she even a person of colour? Oh no, she's just a really tan white girl. Can't use that. My bad. Oops. Just And all the filters to show that they that they care. Nah, madness. Yeah, but it yeah. was really like every, everyone. We're coming after everyone. Full care. inventory, full stock check. That is one good thing. Everyone is being called out. No one is safe. It also led to myself reading lots of great books by black authors writers educate educating ourselves about like our own history because sometimes I feel like us as black Brits are so reliant on uh african-american history to I don't know tell us about ourselves and that's because like it's a lot easier I don't know why it's actually a lot easier for us to like study african-american history and like the civil rights movement the American civil rights movement is more accessible and like teachable here than our own history is. So for me, it wasn't down to just like, oh, telling white people and telling 
any non-black person like you have to put the work in you have to read all of this I'm like no let me too put the work in so I can combat you man and your racism let me too learn the facts and the stats and statistics because I know I'm treated and I know how black people are treated but when I come to you with those stats and facts that you look like to use what can you say and sort of educating ourselves on our own history and like historically how we've been treated so it wasn't just like us telling everyone else you have to do this this and that too it's like okay us putting ourselves in the position like where we too are like educated on what's going on and how the system is designed against us before we can then go and like tell other people kind of thing yeah which is invaluable because like you said the world and the schools and institutions aren't going to teach that to us for some reason they don't think to teach us our own history make it make sense you have a history lesson and they go and tell you about someone else's history yeah I was like I have to learn a lot and I have to make sure that I'm educating like my niece and nephew and making sure that you know like when I ever have kids I'm educating them because I can't rely on this on this country to do that for me and I remember um watching an interview by Akala and also reading his book and he was saying that like he was actually like lucky enough to have um parents who took him and his like siblings to a pan-African Sunday school where he got to learn about like his culture and African culture and African history and like black British history. And his, his teachers didn't like that. So if his teachers were saying, oh, black people came here and he, he would pipe up little 13 year old Akala and be like, nah, miss, that's actually not correct. That's not actually what happened because I go to my Pan-African Sunday school and I know the truth. And he said teachers didn't like that. Teachers correct didn't that. like the fact that he was correcting them because they don't want to teach it. They don't want you knowing about your strong history. They don't want you knowing that the richest person ever in this world was a black man. His name was King Musa from Mali. They can't even equate how much he was worth because it was like like billions and trillions. Much, he had yeah. so much in gold. He's literally like the richest person to ever walk the earth. But these men want to tell you about Jeff Bezos. Bam, the limit, the limit did not exist. They couldn't even count it. Can't. Like, why bother? We can't quantize this. He had, Van, he had so much gold that like when he was doing his pilgrimage to Egypt, he was literally just giving out gold like it was cookies and it actually crashed the gold market in Egypt. And it took them like over a decade for, for like their, um, the worth of gold to return to normal in Egypt. Cause he was, he was literally giving out like, giving out gold like it was, like it was nothing. So then the worth, the value of gold just depreciated so much where it was just worthless. Imagine being that rich that you can cripple a whole economy for a decade. Bruh. Nah. Europe could never. But they want to tell you, nah, you lot you lot needed us to we had we had to come and educate you, savages, and civilize you. Anyways. Being black period is a stress. Well, being black on social media is a lot. Sometimes I'm like, let me just put the phone down for a hot minute for a week or two because it, it gets to you. Yeah, detoxing was definitely, definitely needed. Like during the height of the Black Lives Matter movement in May, I definitely took breaks. Um, it was, honestly, I should probably like phone detox a lot more, but there was one time where I felt like I had to like my mental, I couldn't take any more. So I fully just like, just neglected my phone for a whole day, just didn't even look at it because I was just getting so stressed and like angry and anxious over just everything being shared. Like there wasn't a single post from like someone that wasn't to do with Black Lives Matter or 
a petition or someone else who's been shot and killed and this injustice and this person was killed three months ago and we're only hearing about it now like it was it was a lot like you just never knew when someone was going to share another video of a black body getting beaten getting killed and as you said like when we see that we we see ourselves because it's, it's always us it's always us every single time and that that was just a lot so yeah a, a detox a detox was very very needed and necessary um and i just think like as black people we are just exposed to a lot of trauma that we just don't always unpack but even like wanting to take a break from the trauma i still felt like oh i can't take a back seat like I don't, I don't want to take my foot off the pedal. I don't want this to lose momentum. I don't, I don't want to miss something that's happening or like a petition or this other huge thing. Um, so yeah, it was, it was like I needed to take a detox and I wanted to take a detox, but at times like it's difficult because then you don't want to feel like you're out of the loop or like you're missing out on, some, on something. Um, so yeah, it was definitely like difficult. Uh, it was hard and like you said, I was doing the same thing. I was trying to take breaks as well, but then you don't want to miss like a protest. You don't want to miss something positive, like a petition, like you're saying, it's so difficult, but it just led to the worst kind of anxiety because you just, yeah, you didn't know what you were going to come across. And it's not like the news where you go and seek out information or you turn on the TV or you Google something, you just open the app and you have like no control over what you're seeing. And that was awful. So yeah, I was, I did take a few breaks, but it, it was hard like you end up reaching for your phone so much and you don't even clock and you just end up back on the apps and then you end up seeing another video of someone being mutilated and then you have to deal with that all over again um yeah it was not easy I, even now even now that it's kind of like died down slightly I'm still trying I'm not succeeding but I'm still trying to like have little breaks here and there because otherwise it really just messes up your mental health yeah I think we definitely need more more time without it and also just realizing that it is okay to take a step back it is okay to detox because of self-preservation like if we don't preserve our energy and keep our mental health in check and our physical health in check then we won't survive to like fight another day if we don't look after ourselves today we can't like muster that energy to fight tomorrow so it is in our best interest to like to to maintain our health and to make sure that we're good to go again but like not having knowing that we don't have to feel guilty about not constantly exposing ourselves to trauma because it is a lot and it does take on a toll it's not it's not just like my trauma but it's like generational trauma that just keeps getting passed down and just like making sure we're dealing with it that way we're not then like passing on that generational emotional trauma and you're so right and to be honest the world will keep spinning whether we're on insta for a day or not whether we're not on it for a week the world will still keep spinning and if there's something really important that you need to know a friend or family member will definitely tell you or text you so it's not it's not even though it might feel like a long time if there's something necessary you need to know you will still find out and i also just recommend go on an unfollowing spree Honestly, panic and dash everyone in your following section because if there are people that are sharing things that you don't want to see, even if you're friends with them or even if they're like highly acclaimed, if what you're seeing from that person is causing you some kind of harm, just get rid of them. It's not it's not worth it. Yeah, if it if it doesn't benefit you, it needs to go. We also need to do more to preserve our health. So like I don't know, go outside and kick a ball, enjoy a drink with friends, just 
do a whole technology detox, watch a film, do something that makes you happy and something that reminds you of happiness and black joy and just something that reminds you that like it's not all bad like yes the world is shit and bad really really horrible bad things happen but like we have to live to fight another day we have to get through it we have to find a way to like survive we can come and I can come and kill myself these lot are doing it enough that we have to we have to just like preserve ourselves preserve our energy um and yeah that's that's important just putting yourself first and trying to just figure out what's best for you forgetting what everyone else is doing what's best for you to be honest though all my fellow black brothers and sisters out there i'm sure we could all do with a break because some of these images that we're seeing and witnessing every day it's 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 just a bit too much um definitely definitely go and unfollow all of those people that want to play devil's advocate because it's it's just too much and honestly ain't nobody got time for that I say it today, I say it tomorrow, I always say it, but no, body, the devil did not ask you to come and do his work, so please leave the devil's advocating to the devil himself, I beg. Um, but honestly, it hurts our soul that last week the ruling was made to not charge one of the officers for the murder of Brianna Taylor. She was killed in her bed by three white male officers. All three of them, not one, should have been charged for her murder. And how he was only charged for the bullets he missed. He shot 22 bullets at her. And he was only charged for the ones he missed for potentially endangering the lives of others, but not endangering her life and not killing her when she was peacefully asleep at home. So it astounds me. And it's just testament to how rife racism is and just the complete disregard for black life and just the complete disregard of black women in this world. If that doesn't speak volumes, I don't know what does. Rest in power and be full peace, Yorana Taylor. And if you want to share your thoughts on the episode, as always, use the hashtag Black, Broke and Brilliant on Twitter or message us on our Insta page. You know what to do like give us a rating review on apple share this podcast with your mums your grands your boss your friends of all races on all your social media back on thursday i've been ivy i've been samirical thank you for listening